Welcome. You're about to listen to a message from LifePoint, a warm, friendly, and vibrant community for the young at heart. Father, we thank you. In your presence is fullness of joy. And we thank you because we are in your presence. We thank you for an abundant supply of the spirit of joy over every heart. We thank you for an abundant supply of the spirit of strength and grace over every tired and weary spirit. We thank you for renewal and revival right now. We thank you, Father, for re-energizing us. We thank you because the entrance of your word gives light. It illuminates our lives. We thank you because your word is revealed to us afresh. And we see you at work. We encounter and we engage with truth this morning. We gain divine perspective that as you see is how we see. And so Lord, as you speak to us, our hearts are made ready to receive and to hear from you this morning. That we will not just be hearers, we will be doers of your word. That we will run with this word with joy and with thanksgiving producing a harvest of righteousness enjoying fruitfulness on every side in Jesus name we've prayed and agreed amen and amen please help me thank the person who prayed with you awesome all right I before I just continue this morning I have a word for, for someone um, this was impressed in my heart as I prepared and it's in book of Ezekiel 37 and I'll just read from verse 24. It says, our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. I apologize, that should be verse 11. It's interesting how this print is so tiny. Okay, so our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. And then verse 14 is the response it's God's response to you. Perhaps you are in that place where that's how you feel right now. And God is saying to you, I will put my spirit in you and you shall leave. Where you've given up hope, he's saying to you, I am depositing afresh my spirit in you and you will leave. And I will place you in your own land. So God is promising to establish you in whatever area it is where you're currently trusting him for. When he says your own land, he speaks to ownership. He speaks to settling you. He speaks to establishing you. So God is saying, I'm going to settle you. I will establish you. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. And that is his word to someone here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we started a teaching series uh, last week that we called Co-Creators, and we introduced the facts or the truth that we are co-creators with God as seen in Scripture. So in Genesis 1, God will say, or Scripture records in Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. The Spirit of God hovered upon the waters. And God said, what? Let there be light. 
let there be light. And so we see how God would begin to create something and give form to something out of nothing. And then when you go all the way from uh, to verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our own image and after our likeness. Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over every creeping thing. God creates man and essentially delegates a portion of the creative work to man. Are we together? So we introduced that last week and we're building on it. Um, for those who missed Bible study, Ephesians 3 was also a very good way to introduce um, who we are as co-creators with God. Uh, the fact that we carry God's creative DNA in us. And I said something last week that when your parents had you, I mean, if we go and do a DNA, a, a DNA check, we will find their DNA in you. But there is a superior DNA by reason of how God designed you, how if scripture says that before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you. So there's a spiritual DNA that each and every person has. It means there's a part of God that indwells you. Every human has that. And so what then tops it, which is why it's, you are not surprised to see that we have successful individuals who don't necessarily know God, who don't even have a relationship with him. In fact, one of the questions that I typically get asked is why aren't Christians amongst the top echelon of really successful individuals in the world? And I know that, yes, there is a way we define success, um, that uh, there is a kingdom perspective to success, but the success we are talking about right now is material success. It's about impact and relevance in the world. And it looks like Christians are struggling to feature in there. You see people who deploy creative solutions, and you can count the number of people that are actually, you know, professing Christians amongst them. So the question is, where are the children of light? Scripture says, darkness covers the earth. Gross darkness, it's people. But we have a promise that our light will shine in the midst of darkness. And so part of what we're doing this entire month is to jack us all up. To remind us of who we are. To remind us of our source. To remind us of what we carry to remind us of the redemptive provision that has been made already for us. And so with that information, with that knowledge, with that revelation, it should guide how we approach life. It should guide how we view ourselves. Okay, so we did that introduction last week. And I'd like to ask someone here very quickly, what was your biggest takeaway from last week? What was that thing that you took and you like, went to market with? Something you began to do very quickly. Anybody want to share? I'm sure some people are wondering, wow, is this Bible study? Do we have anybody who wants to share? I would just call known faces. Who? Go ahead, Titi. Okay, so Titi says money flows in the direction of value. That was her biggest takeaway. Do we have anybody else who wants to share? Yeah? Please go ahead. Just shout it. Our mind is the greatest tool given to us by God. Thank you very much. Can we take one person? Guys, is it only the women that came to church? We need a man to help us out. Biggest takeaway last week? A guy? 
I'll call somebody from the band. Okay. Yeah, please go ahead, sir. Fantastic. There's a realm we need to access with our imagination to draw solutions for the world's problems. Thank you so much for sharing, everyone who shared. And I trust that those who didn't share, you had something that you had noted down already. All right, so today, the sermon title is called Wanted. Wanted. And just in case you're wondering, maybe you saw the ad on social media and you're wondering, wanted, are we looking for someone? Uh, essentially, it's to remind you that the world needs you. You are the solution that is being awaited. You carry something, and it is high time that you begin to see yourself in that light. I know that the world we live in right now, things are hard. Things are difficult. People are struggling financially. The value of whatever investments you had in a, in a Nigerian bank or a Nigerian finance house earlier this year, the value has been eroded quite significantly because by the time you carry your money and you want to go on vacation, you see that it's almost near impossible. But regardless of everything, when God created you and I, he embedded stuff in us. And the things that he deposited in us, first of all, his spirit. Secondly, gifts, talents, abilities are things that he expects us to be able to deploy here on earth, regardless of whatever season we find ourselves. There would always be times and seasons. There would always be cycles. And the world will keep experiencing, you know, cyclical events. Um, recession, we're up today, economy is booming, tomorrow something else is happening. There would always be, be those turns. But we see in scripture how similar turns and events, ebbs and flows happened and how God's children in the midst of everything ongoing still prospered. Pastor Ayer said something last week, he also reminded us this morning at Bible study. That's Genesis 1, the dominion mandate that man had, first of all, did not include other men. Did you notice that? In Genesis 1, 26 and 27, did you notice that man was not in the equation there amongst the things to be dominated? So clearly, from there we see how God already takes a stand against oppression. And little wonder why, if you notice when, okay, I'll come to that. Let me just finish this line of thought about what we shared in Bible study this morning. But that dominion mandate was given to us, man, you and I, for advancement, for progression, to make the world better than we met it. So when God created everything, he created them in its raw form. And he handed them over, which is why you and I cannot go to God and say, God, I want a chair. God, I'm so tired. I need a table. Because the form of it already exists. Which is why, as at the time, the uh, Wright brothers, even though they said that they were not the first, they were not the original owners of the idea of the airplane. But at least there was a form of what was possible that they saw, which was birds flying. So the form of what it is, the solutions that you and I need to bring to bear on earth, the form of it already exists. There is nothing new that God is going to come and do to make available so that you can fulfill your purpose. 
or deploy your giftings. He doesn't have to do anything new. Everything he needs to do, to do he already did it. So the onus is on you and I to engage our creative side. So the creative side of us that connects with the creative side of God. And God is creative through and through. Yes, I thought the creatives were. God is a creative. I thought the creatives in the house would be excited. But God is a creative. All of the solutions that man is deploying today is not outside of him. Yes, the enemy can take it and pervert it. But... People are thinking. People are engaging with divine thoughts. People are connecting with the creative side of God. Why? Because I've always said this, and I will continue to say it. Human beings remain God's priority. So whatever will make the lives of man better here on earth, those solutions will be deployed. What happens is when there is a gap, when Christians, you and I, children of light, when we are not positioned in a way and manner to engage with divine thoughts, when we are oblivious to problems in our, in, our, in our sphere of influence, where God has positioned you, and God knows that it is a problem that must be solved, he will find the one whose heart is willing, even though the person may not be righteous, as it were. So, from scripture, we see God's original design. God is a king. He's the king who created heaven and earth, established his kingdom here on earth, wanting to replicate what is in heaven here on earth. He decides to create you and I, man, as his offsprings, not as his subjects. God did not create us as his subjects. He created us to be like him. He created us to think like him. He created us to act like him. In fact, at Bible study this morning, we were taught that in, from that scripture in Ephesians 3, that when Jesus died, the first Adam was, you know, lower in, in, in um, form to God, but the devil was under him. But when Jesus died and resurrected and restored man, he restored man higher to literally almost the same level with God. Hence why scripture refers to us as co-heirs with Christ. So Jesus put us at par with himself. So it means that Jesus is our older brother and Jesus is God. Are we together? And so when God created this kingdom of earth and created you and I to dominate it his intention was I'm allocating domains to each and every one of you as kings so you and I are kings that are subject to the king of kings that is why he is the king of kings scripture refers to us as kings and priests so the king created us, his children, his offspring, to be kings here on earth. Kings in charge of domains, spheres of influence, industries. Now, your domain can be smaller or bigger than mine. It doesn't matter. I'm still a king in my domain. The same way you are a king in your domain. I am not a king over you. I am a king, which is why you and I are equal. I'm not a king over you. No pastor is a king over you. No evangelist is a king over you. 
because you have the equal rights before God as his children. And so what that means is the domain that I have been given, I am responsible for it. My domain can be family. It can be raising godly children that God has deposited stuff in to be able to fulfill and solve a major need. An example would be like Anna. All Anna wanted was just a child. But what God wanted was a prophet for his people. Anna could have looked at her responsibility and felt this was too small. This was inconsequential compared to an Esther who had to suffer so much to be able to get to the place, unplanned by the way, because nobody ever sat Esther down as a little child and told her this is your destiny, your parents will die, they will capture you and all that. If she had a say in the matter, she may have chosen not to go that route. But you and I have domains. Some of you, your domain is in media. Your domain is in education. And so what are you doing with the domain you've been handed? And on a day-to-day -day journey and a day-to-day -day living, the organization that you currently serve in, note I use the word serve, because a lot of us don't think that our secular jobs are opportunities to serve God. We think it is just what puts food on the table. And so we treat it with a, you know, we, we, we treat it anyhow. Scripture says that when we consider the works of our hands, we should recognize that all that we do, we do unto God. We do for him. You may not like your boss, but that is the domain that you are for such a time as this. And so what you do with it matters. You may not like your family. You did not choose them. But God placed you there for a purpose. And so you need to engage his mind to understand what your assignment is, especially if things are not going okay. And then as we start to spread the conversation, and we start to think about our organizations and industries and nations, you're not a Nigerian by accident. You may have two, three other citizenships. But God is very intentional in establishing kings in domains, establishing them, positioning them. So part of what we need to live here with today is a renewed mind of who we are, that I am a king that has been established by the king of kings and allocated a domain in, on the kingdom of this earth. And how I handle it matters a great deal to him. What I do with it matters a great deal. So there are two parallel economies that exist within our individual and collective experience. One is the economy of the world. And I'm just going to broadly categorize them as such. The economy of the world. And another is the economy of the kingdom. Because you see, as a king, you need to be equipped with resources to be able to function effectively. So there's your creative ability, there is your mind, there's your spirit. There are also other things that God would equip you with because he recognizes in this 21st century, in this world that we live, that things have gone crazy. And so for children of light to be able to effectively function, they need access to superior information. They need access to the mind of Christ more than ever before. 
to be able to figure things out and rightly align. A lot of the things we're dealing with right now in our lives is fundamentally an alignment problem, which is why I love one of the, you know, the, the worship sessions that just led us in, in submission and, and consecration because it's very critical. It is important to the, in the coming days that we live very consecrated lives. It can't be business as usual anymore. I know some of us are waiting for the outcomes of the elections next year to determine your next move. But you need superior wisdom. That regardless of whichever way it swings, you know and you can trust that your father is at work in the matter. And so it is not the outcome of the elections that will determine your fate. It's not the outcomes of the election that will determine whether you thrive or not. Let me show you in scripture. In Genesis uh, 20... Genesis 47, we won't read it, but just speaking to these two economies that I, I spoke about, the economy of the world and economy of the kingdom, we see in Genesis 47 verse 13 that there was famine in the land, severe famine in the land of Egypt. Scripture says that they were sore with famine. I mean, that's a horrible experience. But if you go in that same Genesis 47, go to verse 27, it says, Israel dwelt in Goshen, in Egypt. They had possessions. They grew. They multiplied. I'm paraphrasing. They multiplied exceedingly. That is the economy of the kingdom of God at work. And it is not far from you and I. It is not just meant for the guys. I know some people read scripture and they're like, hey, that happened in the old days. As though the power of God is, not, is no longer as potent to preserve and to keep. Luke 7, 22 says, Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things you have seen and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. I'm showing you in this economy of the kingdom, things are done differently. It says, the blind. So I can imagine all of those people lining up here. And then blind, receive your sight. Lame, get up and walk. Uh, a dead person, rise up and be alive. And then when it gets to the poor person, there you go. That's literally, again, me, I read my Bible in pictures, but that's kind of like what it was. The poor had the gospel preached to them. And just in case somebody's thinking this is poor in the spirit, no. That word poor there, the form of it, the, 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 the Greek form is, it means beggar. It means pauper. Thank you very much. It means pauper. So this is not poor in the spirit and so you need the word, no. So it is the poor People who don't have money, people who are in financial distress, had the gospel preached to them. They had truth because they needed truth for their situation. And so if you're here just feeling like, God, yes, I get it. I have your creative DNA, but this world is hard. Engage truth. That is what Jesus was saying in essence. Sit with the truth. From the word here you will see solutions. From the word, you will see opportunities for profit. The scripture says that it is God that teaches us to profit. It is the one that teaches us to make wealth. It teaches our hands to war. 
So when God has said all of these things and the poor person does not have access to revelation, just as we're saying this morning in Bible study, the person will remain poor. And I know you might be looking at yourself, I make a few millions every year. You are poor. And that's not to shade you. But it's the reality. We have a lot of poor people. I don't even know. Well, because we have to say what we are seeing. Sorry, what we are believing. And not necessarily the things that are happening around us. We are all rich in Jesus' name. Mm. Because I feel like somebody's spirit just rejected it. I reject it over my dead body. But what I mean is this. Your earning capacity right now, what does it look like? What does it look like? How are you profiting? And it's okay to complain about the situation of the economy. But I'm trying to introduce you to an economy of the kingdom that it is not, that is not dependent on the exchange rates. That is not dependent on the price of crude. That is not dependent on whether there is war in Ukraine and Russia. The economy that is not dependent on the market forces of demand and supply. Kingdom economy. Because God has put his spirit in us and he expects us to be able to remember, dominate. And he gives us the categories of the, of, of the dominance as it were. Which should lead to advancement and progression. Geometric progression, I dare say. Let's move on. So by virtue of the covenant provision that we have, we have received power to attract wealth. And just in case you're feeling like, okay, yeah. See, God is not, <clears throat> please go and read the scripture. I know that we shy away from talking about money in church. And we're not preaching this message so that you can come and give tithe and offering. I'm, can I be honest with you guys? It's just that they, will, they probably will fire me from my volunteering as a pastor here, from the headquarters. But I'm praying for the day I will be able to come to church and say, don't give offering. Just to help some people understand that, you see this agitation and this fight that you have against the church is unfounded, is unnecessary. Sit with the word. We encourage you to give as an act of worship to God, not because anybody needs your money, no pastor here, at least pastors are here, no pastor gets paid here to serve. No worker gets paid here to serve. So it's not your money we're using to do life. Just in case you have done like this and said that church, ah, they will never get a penny. It's all right. God will continue to provide. Our lights will continue to stay on. So, this message is not to be, because I know that when we start to talk about money, people start to feel, our generation starts to feel uncomfortable. We have to teach the truth. The poor had the gospel preached to them. The poor had truth handed to them. There is a kingdom way of living. There is a kingdom way of thinking. There is a kingdom way of doing business. There is a kingdom way of working as an entrepreneur in someone else's business. And let me quickly say this to that person who's, you know, you're here in the room. You are a bundle of talents. If you don't put systems and structures around the things that you do, 
you will continue to serve those with systems and structures. And it's not a bad thing. It just means that, you know how it is, I don't know how many people work in the financial services industry, but let me use that as an example. Or any multinational. By the time they share profits, eh, the dividend that hits you is maybe like eight zeros, and you're excited. Imagine what the people at the top have gotten. Mm -hmm. Let's just leave the matter there. Just imagine. We, as children of light, as kings of our domains, need to start to embrace systems intelligence, systems thinking, not be ad hoc, not be anyhow. And you all know I love you with all my heart. But you see all these small things, my mental health, small things, I'm not okay. And I'm not, see, I'm not saying these are not real issues. There is a spirit in man. Don't let the devil shortchange you guys. Let's not let him continue to take advantage of us. We need to start to take thoughts captive. As that feeling of discouragement and depression is trying to set in, you start to declare the word. I am a child of God. I have the mind of Christ. You start to, you know, you start to declare what the word says about you. I'm an eternal excellence. You say what the word says. You, and invariably what you're saying is what God says about you. But you cannot say if you don't know, which is why the poor had to have the gospel given to them. Because my people perish for lack of knowledge. And Christians are suffering. We pray a lot. But we don't know what the word says. We pray a lot. And yet we're not seeing things improve. Please let me tell somebody you are wanted. In this generation, you are needed. So how, how to be wanted? What's the how? Just in case someone's asking. Let's tie this all up together. How? Critical thinking and problem-solving skills. And I know that is something we say a lot in our generation. When you read people's CVs, I recruit a lot. So I see CVs. It's everybody. Excellent at critical thinking and problem-solving. On paper. When you now give them the job, all of a sudden, you are the one that is problem-solving for them. Everybody that works with me knows, I say to them, don't give me work. When you come to me with a problem, come with a solution. Or come with recommendations, at least. Don't make me think, if you, we did not need you, I would not have employed you. Don't make me do your job for you to think for you. So you come with me? No. And that is how we should posture. Are we the kinds of people that present solutions or make recommendations? Do you sit to think? Do you even sit to pray sometimes? Issues are challenging. But there is a spirit in man. And the inspiration of the Almighty gives understanding. We need to leverage the tools that we have. We need to leverage the mind of Christ that is in us. The spirit of God that indwells us. The, DA, the, the creative DNA that we carry. We need to leverage it. And so critical thinking. Someone has described as the ability to process information clearly. And rationally, understanding logical connection between ideas. Proverbs 14, 15 says, The simple believes every word, but the prudent considers well his steps. You know, simplicity may not put us in trouble. But the prudent considers every step. The prudent is methodical. The, pr the prudent thinks, thinks through stuff. Is a process person. 
The prudent deploys systems intelligence in creating solutions. Daniel 1, 19 to 22. The king interviewed them, and among them all, none was found like Daniel, Ananiah, and all of the other guys. Therefore, they served before the king. In all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better. We always talk about these Hebrew boys. But as we go along, we will see, because those guys were not, you know, they weren't, they weren't just off the streets. They were guys that had gotten a good education. Some of us, we can like to dream, and dreams are great. It's okay. But you see, when you say, I'm, I'm just, I'm an ideas man, you know, I'm just an ideas man. I'm an ideas person. You know, I just like to sit and just come up with lots of ideas. Which one have you deployed? Which one have you tried? Which one have you tested? Which one can you even say, okay, I've learned how not to do stuff this way. You're just an ideas man. You're an ideas man. I don't know why it is man that is coming to mind. But please, avoid the women in this church if you're an ideas man. Because you need to eat. You need to walk. You need to earn. Scripture says, he that does not walk should not eat. Because we deceive ourselves a lot. And part of our responsibility is to teach the truth. So, and I'm not disputing that God doesn't give ideas. God gives ideas. God gives ideas. But remember when God was going to commission man, he put him to work. Told him to till the ground. So God expects you to be doing something. Now I understand that, yes, you're trying to get a job. And I promise you, if there's any way we can help, we will definitely help. But as you are in that waiting season, what else are you adding to yourself? How are you skilling up? What new information are you garnering concerning that industry that you're interested in venturing into? Concerning that solution that you're looking to deploy what are you doing about it? Aside from just complaining that the economy is hard. Kingdom economy, guys. Kingdom. So, the next point is money and resource management. Personal and organizational. Thank you, multimedia. Personal and organizational efficiency. This one is very critical as well. You see, because... When you have money, you can do anyhow, right? Answer me now. Am I lying? Have I made you guys very sober? That's not the intention, no. Please. <laughs> but when you have money, you can be anyhow. You know, you splurge. And it's all right. You take care of yourself. It's okay. But let me show you one model that Jesus, again, we're talking kingdom, kingdom economics. Jesus fed the 5,000. And afterwards, I mean, first of all, it was a mind-blowing miracle. You know, five loaves of bread and two pieces of fish would feed 5,000 people. By the time everybody, Scripture says they were, everybody had eaten and were filled. Jesus then says, gather up what is left. Gather up the crumbs. If the one that is the source We'll still say, gather up the crumbs. You and I, how, how our matter take be? They gathered up the crumbs and they got 12 baskets left over. I mean. So the question to you and I this morning is this. And I promise you, God is also dealing with me on this, this particular message. 
The question to you and I is this. What areas are you currently experiencing leakages in your life? What areas in your organization are you currently experiencing leakages? I mean, from, from an organizational standpoint, we will say income leakages, you know. One of the very easy ways is your consumables. I hope, I know every time I have an opportunity, I say this, I hope that we don't have people in this church that take tissue from the organization's home. It looks very mundane and inconsequential. But you see, I'm a firm believer in what you sow, you will reap. If you're going to build your own business one day, or you're looking to owning your own thing one day, you want to treat other people's things as though it were yours. Some people will go and pack papers. You are writing professional exams. All your past questions is in the office. You will print them. Organization's toner. Organization's paper. You know yourselves. So just, just go and adjust. That's all. Just go and adjust. Or the people that will use the organization's internet to download all the movies. I'm coming closer to where you are, right? Receive your own. Just receive it. Guys, as children of the kingdom, we need to do better. Now, we have CEOs in our midst, and, and so they, I'm sure they can. If I call Pastor Akidele now, he will tell you from a cost management point of view how these things that you, to you look inconsequential. Imagine if 50% of the organization was doing stuff like that. Internet provision every month would skyrocket. In my former organization, I remember the IT had to, <laughs> I don't know, I, they should have put some blocker that there were certain sites that you can only visit that had to do with work. If you by chance enter any wrong site like this, you get an email from IT. You have to justify why you went to YouTube during work hours. Whether it is message. God does not approve of it. And that, me, I watch, I listen to message. Maybe it's because I work in a Christian organization. Yeah. But I will use my internet bandwidth going forward for that one. My case is different. <laughs> But on a more serious note, you download movies, you use organizations, resources for your own personal aggrandizement and benefits. You don't even used to try and pity the organization small in this economy. Please, let's do better. So personal and organizational resource um, management. John 6, 12. Okay, I've, I've spoken to, through that scripture. When aggregated, what looks like crumbs may be more than your profit margin. So pay serious attention to it. In your personal life, for those of us that are students here, you know, your excuse is that you can't cook, you can't cook. Maybe they don't even allow you to cook in your school, that's fine. For schools where they permit you to cook, but you can't cook, you can't cook. Every day you're buying bread and egg, bread and egg, but first of all, it's not even good for your cholesterol. But you're always just, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Pierre, you can relate. I went to Unilag. Unilag, guys, I love you. See, you guys are my G. I went to lag, so don't, don't even feel shaded at all. But I know because I used to do it. Bread and egg, bread and egg. See, my heart wanted to pop out of my chest. But the thing is this, guys. Look at, you go home and do, it. Go do an audit, yeah? Do an audit of where you currently are at. Because God will not commit resources. See, the resources of the earth are motion sensitive, Okay? 
Scripture says that the earth is the Lord and its fullness thereof. The resources of the earth are motion sensitive. Imagine a motion sensitive door right now. You get in front of it and you're trying to, it would open up when you are in front of it, right? There are certain doors you will not be able to access if your alignment is, or your posture is not very appropriate. Certain resources you will not be able to access when the little that has been committed into your hands, you have not been judicious with it. You have not been prudent. I just give you the example of Jesus that will say, pack up the crumbs. Even though he had the capacity to fill the entire city, but he was not wasteful. So we can't afford to be wasteful. Examine your life. Drinks with the boys every Friday. Why? And must you be the one that pays? How about you guys go Dutch? You know, figure it out. How can you balance yourself and ensure that you are, you, in terms of your personal resources, you are spreading them out in a way and manner that makes sense. And then let me speak to people that, oh, Spirit of God, we need to close. Your parents, your parents, you are not taking care of them. You are buying human air for, for, for bay. You are going to, what's that place, the La, La Brioche, or what's that thing, Demilade always, I've not been there, so I don't know how to pronounce the name. That's why you keep going to all the time. You'll be spending your salary. Your parents are in the village. You are not taking care of them. That is unscriptural. It's ungodly. It is ungodly. You are putting up an appearance here. You are heaping curses on your head. Let's just be real. Scripture speaks about the man that will not take care of his own house. I'm not saying don't take care of you. If it's your wife, I mean by all means, all your wife, silly. But there is wisdom in approaching your finances. And I know some people are saying, when I start to earn 10 million naira take home per month, is then I will start to save. Is then I will start to manage my money better. That's a lie. You see, the habit you've built up, Humans, we humans, we are creatures of habit. The habit you've built up over time is what will follow you when you, are, you have seven zeros and eight zeros and ten zeros. What you've not learned how to do now, you will struggle to do then. House rent should not hit you all of a sudden now. Did you not know you're going to pay your house rent next year? What have you been putting aside for that purpose? I can understand if something, a life issue comes in and causes you to divert funds. That's fine. But to be irresponsible with your finances and then expect God. I mean, God is merciful. He will sort you out. But sometimes he allows us to go through the pain of our irresponsibility and, 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 and bear those consequences so that we can learn. Because you're going to be somebody's daddy someday. You'll be somebody's mommy. And even if you don't plan to be somebody's daddy and mommy, you will have nieces and nephews that will look up to you. You would lead a team. You would own a business. It's in the little things. Faithfulness in the little things. Let's move on very quickly. So savings and investments. Many highly competent people and successful organizations who made tons of money at some point in time in their journey. They have very little to show for it. So as an organization, maybe you are in a C-suite position or you even lead the organization or you lead a team. Figure out what are the ways that we're currently losing money. And I know I spoke about the softer issues. There are bigger issues too. But figure out how are we losing resources for some people, it is how we're losing people in this season because human capital is an extremely critical resource for any business. 
So it's not enough to even have money to have investors or to have a vision. You need the people that will execute it. If you're hiring wrongly, if you're, you know, not able to attract the right talent, there's a cost to having to replace or, you know, recruit again and again. There's a cost, you know, that affects your business when you are not, you don't have the right team to get things going. So for those who, are, who function at that level, you need to think about this. Question to ask, who do I need in this season? What type of talent do I need in this season? And for you personally, it is what types of investment decisions do I need to make? How can I be more judicious? Some people don't pay their tithe. Today is not a day for it. But please go and see. The poor had the gospel preached to them. Go and sit with the word and see what God says there. I know they will come and tell me now that uh, God, Jesus did not say in New Testament that we should pay tithe. I'm coming for you. Capacity development. The last point, or two points. Capacity development. I think I've touched on that a bit. But it's important to focus on not just your production, which is current outputs. Now, I'm using terms that if you're in business or you are as an individual, you should be able to relate with. But you also need to focus on the enablers of your output, which is your production capacity. Again, who do you need? What do you need to know as an individual to function effectively as a team lead in this season of my life? What must I know? To function as a manager, to function as, you know, an executive, as a board member, what information do I need to know? What information do I need to know? I remember just buzzing somebody randomly. Um, I think it was Nifemi I was talking to. I said, look, I need somebody to quickly do me a, a quick crash course, even though he has not done it itself, on USDT. Because I'm making investment decisions for my organization. I need to know what the sophisticated I'm very risk averse, but at least I need to expand my mind and get relevant information. What do you need to know in this season? Who do you need to know? Who do you need to have as a mentor? Some of us struggle to spend money. You're waiting for the organization to train you. You cannot invest in your own personal development. When you leave the organization, are they going to collect the training from you? Spend money on what matters. Don't buy shoe and bag. Okay, it's not this generation when people buy shoe and bag. It's the older generation. Don't buy bone streets. Pay for that course. Pay for that cost that puts you, gives you an edge. All right, kingdom consciousness, that's the last point. Understanding the covenant of wealth and subscribing to kingdom agenda is extremely important. It helps us answer the question, to what end? You see, putting it all together, remember where we started from. We belong to the king who owns a kingdom in heaven and has replicated that kingdom here on earth. That was his original design. And has created you and I as his offsprings to be kings, to dominate, to dominate the domains that he has given to us, the places of our planting. We will encounter wealth. Every kingdom-minded individual, every kingdom believer needs to understand that wealth is your right. Material wealth is your right because there is a covenant that is attached to it and you are there's a covenant provision for it and you are a partaker of that covenant provision by reason of the fact that you gave your life to Jesus and so don't be don't feel uncomfortable you see because God wants to commit resources into your hand but to what end remember I said resources of the earth are motion sensitive to what end when until your priorities begin to align with God you may not access those resources as at the time you desire them. So it's important that we, are, we, we seek God's face to understand as well 
What is the larger purpose for this job? What is the larger purpose for this role? What is the larger purpose for this business idea? What is the larger purpose? And I'm not saying we're all going to establish non-profit uh, businesses. Absolutely not. God wants you to profit. He says, I will teach you how to profit. Profit is in the Bible. So let's not be religiously foolish. Profit is in the Bible. Wealth is in the Bible. Covenant of greatness is there. And he promised it to his children. And we, by reason of Jesus Christ coming to make a way for us, we can access the same covenant. So, cultivate a stewardship mindset. Recognizing that all that I have, everything, the sum total of my entire being and existence belongs to God. My funds, my houses, my family, my marriage, everything, my intellect, the creative DNA that I possess, it is His. It is for His glory. It's to be used for Him. That's what sets us apart from the children of the world. And it's important that we embrace kingdom-mindedness in every area of our lives so that God can continue to deposit resources in us, can continue to glorify Himself through the works of our hands, through the outputs of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Please let's go, uh, just rise up and let's pray together. Let's go ahead and just ask God this morning for wisdom. Go ahead and ask God for wisdom. Wisdom to walk wisely and circumspectly. Redeeming the time. That is what the word says. That we would walk wisely and circumspectly. Redeeming the time. There is an urgency. Scripture says that the earth earnestly awaits the manifestation of the sons of God. That word manifestation there means revealing. The earth is awaiting your revelation, the revelation of you. The earth is awaiting the revelation of Caleb. The earth is awaiting the revelation of Chinyere. The earth is awaiting the revelation of Damilola. The earth is awaiting the revelation, the manifestation of Samuel. Would you go ahead this morning and ask God, fill me with wisdom. The wisdom that I need to walk circumspectly in this season. Would you go ahead and ask God, I pray for a fresh abundance and supply of your wisdom. In the name of Jesus, pray against distressed businesses. If you are currently in a business, you have a, a vision or an idea that seems to be struggling, would you pray for wisdom this morning and ask God, Father, pour afresh your wisdom on me. Let your oil flow through my business. That oil that flows from the top, let it flow. The grace to do things effortlessly, the grace to conceive ideas and to, to run with them. Whether you have a challenging area in your business organization right now, in, in your job, you know, uh, in your profession, if there's a naughty issue, something that seems to defy human logic, would you engage the mind of Christ this morning? Begin to engage the wisdom of God. In the name of Jesus, Father, I present this issue before you and I ask, Lord, Let revelation flow. Show me what to do. Show me what to do. Show me what to do. He's your father. Go ahead and ask him because he wants to reveal deep and secret things to you. So it's okay to ask him. Would you go ahead this morning and make a commitment to kingdom agenda? Declare that I will seek first the kingdom of God. I will be covenant conscious. I will play my part in driving kingdom agenda as a king that has been allocated a domain as a king that has been allocated a territory 
as a king that has been allocated a sphere of influence I submit to the king of kings I submit to his authority I submit to his rulership I submit to his will in the name of the Lord Jesus let's take the declaration together can we have it up on screen so please say after me father in the name of Jesus I declare that I am a child of God I am created in God's image and after his likeness therefore as God is the creator I am also a creator I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord and the inspiration of the Almighty gives me understanding I am creative I am innovative I am a pioneer the spirit of a pioneer is stirred up within me and I deliver on common solutions to the problems in my generation I am not a weakling I am not weak in faith I can do all things through Christ whose explosive power infuses me with strength to overcome every difficulty every day and in every way I am stronger in wisdom and divinely curated ideas and inspiration come to me I excel in all matters of wisdom about which I will be examined like Daniel I distinguish myself above my peers I see clearly the Holy Spirit teaches me all things and I walk in prompt obedience I renew my mind from all negative influences and I receive God's strength in my inner man I can never be stranded someone needs to say that again I can never be stranded I break the hold of limiting thoughts and any satanic siege over my life is terminated because Christ is the head I am the body and my the enemy has been placed under our feet in the name of Jesus like Daniel oh sorry we've taken that I break the hold of limiting thoughts my mind is cleansed by the blood of Jesus I do not have the spirit of fear I am bold I have the spirit of love I have peace and my mind is sound to produce outstanding results in every area of my life to the praise of God Almighty Amen. Go ahead and pray in the Holy Ghost. If you have a prayer language, Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you because you have released your spirit upon us afresh, equipping us for that which you have created us for. Hallelujah. All right, please be seated. I just want to give somebody an opportunity. I know it's past time but you see the king is inviting you and he's saying to you look I have made you a king already I've made you a king already so with eyes closed and heads bowed I want to give somebody an opportunity here to surrender their heart to Jesus you don't know Jesus 
or you even have given your heart to him prior to now but you have strayed from him I want to give you an opportunity to come back home to rededicate your heart to him so if that is you may I ask that you please stand eyes are closed heads are bowed we're giving you the privacy of the moment go ahead raise that hand and you can follow it with a, an act of faith by just rising and making this commitment to God directly if that is you please go ahead and stand so that our ushers and our ministers can see you put a card in your hand we want to support you on this journey for whatever reason it is that you may have strayed God is inviting you home and he's saying I want to do life with you I want to make my home with you so if that is you please go ahead and make answer this call don't let today pass you by there is a, a hope and a calling that we have upon our lives as believers and we are products of his grace so we just want you to enjoy that same grace that same love that Christ has made so freely available to us thank you so much my brothers for standing I'm going to just give a few more seconds in case there's anyone here who wants to join them and please don't be in a hurry to go off if you have any questions about this faith we would love to spend just a few minutes with you talking you through it and showing you the next steps heaven rejoices right now at this decision that you have made and we know God is excited he's very happy to see a king arising into his calling to see a king standing up please take this prayer with me dear God I come to you this morning and I acknowledge that I need you I acknowledge that I am lost without you I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord over my life and I believe with my heart that you raised him from the dead so I ask, come into my heart afresh and make your home with me. Help me live for you. Let my life please you. Help my life make meaning. And help me to live each day recognizing that you are in charge of my life. I submit to you. I submit to your will. I submit to your way. And I receive the blessings of following you. I receive joy. I receive peace. I receive comfort, I receive strength, I receive wisdom, and I begin to walk and maximize my potential, utilizing your DNA that is in me, in Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for these ones that have answered this call. We commit them into your hands to the word of your grace that is able to keep them, to build them, and to give them an inheritance. We ask, Father, that you will preserve them in all of their ways. Spirit of God, begin to teach them, write the laws of God upon their hearts. Uh, we declare over these ones that they are divinely preserved. Satan, you have no hold over them anymore. You have no hold over their destinies because they have been translated into the kingdom of light. As heaven rejoices this morning, we rejoice as well. And we say thank you, God, for it is well with them in all of their ways. In Jesus' name, we have prayed and agreed. Amen and amen. Congratulations, you may be seated. Thank you very much for being in church today. God bless you. Have a beautiful week. Thank you for listening. We hope that the message has blessed your heart. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com 
forward slash lifepointng. For more information about us and all our other resources, please visit www.lifepointng.org.